yeah, for real. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Stella would say, uh oh. <laughs> All right. We're gonna start off the show. I've got I've got a lot of feedback actually, but Matt, since you are here, I will give you uh your feedback from this person. So this person is a non-beer drinker. Okay. But you have them thinking about getting more interested in beer. So um, it says, not sure it is something I want to spend my time on now, but I'm one of those that thinks all beer tastes the same. He, he, you, Matt, has shown me that I could be more aware of the nuances and appreciate what is actually happening in my glass. Or I could stick with seltzers. seltzers. <laughs> time will tell. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, I thought I thought you would like to uh, hear that feedback because uh, I mean you do you bring the the beer knowledge pretty much every episode we get into at least something about beer. Uh, yeah, I like to share. I like to share the wealth and share the knowledge. Yeah. Um, when do you think? When do you think you got? Like, when do you think you started getting to the point where you could just like rattle off beer things like you can baseball things? You like be that comfortable? Um, probably a couple of years after I graduated college, it took a little, a little practice. Yeah. But you were like learning about that stuff in college. So yeah, you were already like really interested in. Yeah. I, I started getting, I bought a lot of textbooks actually. Um, nerd alert, but yeah, I, I learned a lot of the science behind it. <laughs> nerd work. <laughs> uh, so good. Um, I got to run really quick. Um, oh, all right. I don't know if you want to pause the recording or not, or, um, nah, I got, I'll, I'll take, I'll take the solo. Actually, you know, I, I can keep it going. I can keep it going. No, no, I got it. I got it. You do what you do what you got to do, Mr. Root. And I will handle this solo. This is the content people love. Well, we'll see. There's, uh, there's a chance. I might have to go grab something, so. <laughs> um, well, if you're going to be here, uh, I was going to uh, ask you to start sharing a little bit about, so like you and you and Ethan drink all of the, um, uh, what what are they called? Like uh, New England IPAs or? No, no, like the, the collaborations. Um like between breweries and things like collaborations, that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like what, why is that such a big, big thing? Like that's the one I'm drinking tonight. Um, I mean, some of it is li- literally just, you know, people like having beers together. Um, but a lot, and there's, there's a lot of different interesting friendships among the beer, the beer community. Um, whether it's, uh, people who meet at festivals or, um, people who just admire beer that other people drink or brew. Um, but there's also a, a lot of, I mean, everyone's got their kind of quirks or things they do special in their own brews. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fun way to share knowledge. It's a fun way to kind of combine the best, the best aspects of both your beer, your brews. And, and um, you know, in the case of the beer you're drinking, the, the parish brewing collab with other half. I mean, Parrish and other half are both really well known for their hazy IPAs. Uh, Parrish really only has four or five, though, that they're really well known for. Um, the big one is called Ghost in the Machine. And other half just does a ton that everyone loves. Um, so, you know, the other half really respects them. They they invite them every year to their, their big IPA festival called Green City. And uh, decided, hey, when you're up here, when you, know, you guys are cool guys, we like you. Let's let's hang out and brew together one day and see what we can come up with together and put the best of both worlds. Uh, some of the other things that that other half started doing, which was kind of unique to them, and, and it spread among other brewers too, is they did something called Freaky Friday, where they would actually just trade recipes, and they would say, all right, hey. Uh, Parish, we're going to brew like you send us a recipe for Ghost in the Machine. We're going to brew it in our equipment and see how how we can make it we'll send you one of our famous ones you brew it on your equipment see how it comes out um because there's a lot of stuff that's different to uh where you're located as well um whether it's the local water chemistry or the equipment that you have can kind of affect your your final outcome as well so yeah so i was gonna so like 
are the head brewmasters literally getting together in a in the same room and like making the beer or like how does oh yeah a lot of times no they a lot of people did digital collaborations during covid but a lot of times yeah they're all together around the brew kettle hanging out just chick you know relaxing with each other and and um everyone's got literally got a hand in it from adding the ingredients to to mixing the brew like they're all hanging out in the brewery together it's usually everyone together collectively nice even if they're not like in the same city like yeah yeah so a lot of times they usually happen around festivals when everyone's coming together or um you know if sometimes it's just hey I'm from X brewery in Philadelphia and I'm going to Boston this weekend. Let me call up a Boston brewery. I like and see if they want to do something. Usually it, it takes a little bit more time than that though. Cause if you are doing a collaboration, you got to plan on uh, ingredients. You got to plan on if you're going to can it, you actually have to get uh, labels, every single label that goes on a beer can. That's, I guess that's interstate. That's going to be distributed in more than one state. Right. has to be approved by the federal government. Um, so interesting fact. Um, one of the things you'll see during government shutdowns is if breweries don't have a lot of their labels approved, um, if they're not really far ahead in their planning process, they may not be able to release their beer in cans and sell it outside the state. There was a a good example of a brewery in in Kentucky called Braxton Brewing that um, at the very beginning of the, the shutdown, the most recent big shutdown that we had, was releasing uh, Kentucky only IPAs because they couldn't legally actually sell it outside the state of Kentucky. <laughs> um, so interesting little tidbits like that. But yeah, yeah. we've all got, the details. All the got, details. We've got our guests in the room now. Yeah, and if you're on, if you're watching on YouTube, you saw that the Shabina just beat the Schlub into the meeting or into the uh, the call today. And uh, so we have we have our Schlub. He is here, even though he hasn't said anything. So say hi, Ethan. Hi, Ethan. <laughs> I'm so funny. Nobody's ever made that joke before. This is brand new on this podcast. That's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna launch us into the next level. That's the cutting edge content people come for. Exactly. This and the beer stuff, the beer trivia you were just yeah. talking about. You know, Dude, we, nailed, we, we nailed want it. Hannah to come back every single time. You have to like do something where she's like, "Why am I wasting my time here?" She, you know, she knows what she's into. She's been here like three, four times now. She knows what she's gotten herself into. I can't think of a better way to use my time. And I'm so happy that I entered, of course, unsurprisingly, during a, a beer, beer conversation, <laughs> beer rant. <laughs> Hannah, how was uh, the Dominican? That's where you were, right? Yeah, it was fun. I was painfully reminded of how bad of a dancer I am going to a Dominican <laughs> wedding. <laughs> but uh, I'm now... Uh, surprising my dad for his birthday tomorrow so i'm coming to you guys from my childhood bedroom if you can't tell from all look these at all those awards <laughs> nice. accolades it's incredible hop onto youtube uh, if you're listening right now when when you're an only child nothing gets thrown away i guess so <laughs> <laughs> but yes and crazy to think that the last time i was on here i was a member of the Washington football team and now I am a commander. So yeah. a, lot, a lot has happened since my last appearance. Yeah, seriously. That So the last time you were on then had to be, it was post, it was, it was new year. So it was 2022, but it was pre the unveiling. So it had to be in January sometime. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's finally out of the bag. No more secrets. <laughs> <laughs> How long did you know? Can you tell us that now? Again, if I told you, I have to kill you. I never knew. I knew. I found out with all the rest of my colleagues on reveal day. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Hannah, you are here uh, as the resident expert on, you know, what's going on in WOSPO. And I mean, there's been a lot um, and (laughs) Uh, just some like great hires uh, with women in sports. There's uh, <laughs> I know you were waiting forever, probably for the uh, national women's soccer league schedule to come out. And I think that finally yeah. dropped last week yeah. uh, while, while you were away. But I mean, take us down whatever road you want to start with and let's, let's get the updates. My God, there's so many roads. Like there's the Brittany Griner detained in Russia, road, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. which honestly, if we're, 
you know, just talking about women's sports, it gets this larger discussion uh, of like the reason she's going to Russia is because that's how she can make all this money. And maybe yeah, if we invested in women's sports here, women's basketball, you know, expanded beyond 12 WNBA teams, which is just wild considering how much talent there is in the college game um, and beyond. Like, you know, if we could be paying her that salary in the US, maybe she wouldn't have to go to Russia um there's that there's ash barty retiring world, world number one yeah holy cow at, going out on top at 25 25 yeah i know I, it's interesting like she i know she had like a spout of burnout when she was like 13 14 stepped away from the game actually went and played professional cricket for a while and then came back to tennis so i think you know you have to wonder she seems like she's she just doesn't have it in her anymore she said it's not there for her emotionally and that she's really excited about like ash barty the human and these next phases of her life and i know that she recently got married so yeah but i think an announcement that shocked everyone um there's just been a lot going on we have WNBA season on the horizon we have women's nwsl on the horizon you know angel city and san diego wave they played the first you know national women's soccer league game in california this past week which is like the start of a new era um yeah women's march madness i just saw some stats some ratings uh numbers coming in from espn which said there's a good uptick from last year and i think we're seeing you know one of the big complaints always with the women's tournament was like there's not as many upsets and of course like the men's product is something that is you know it's just you look at st peter's you look at like it's certainly bananas the men's product but we're seeing more upsets on the women's side there's more parity that talents being distributed beyond the the yukons and the stanfords and everything so that's the best player the best player in college basketball didn't even make it to the sweet 16 caitlin clark so exactly yeah exactly so that's really cool lots of cool things happening i'm i'm i might become a season ticket member for the first time in my life i'm deciding whether i should make that washington spirit decision um be cool to uh to be a season ticket member and uh get to go to games more consistently but but we'll we'll see yeah yeah um I was wondering, so with that retirement announcement today, it was making me think, and I, I literally just had this conversation with a coach yesterday um, about like how I, I just feel like um, athletes are going to be looking for some like non-traditional routes as they get, you know, into those stages where like, you're supposed to play really competitive college sports. And then you're supposed to be like, okay, the next great athlete of the next 15 years or something like that. And I think we, I was, we were talking, I was like, is the specialization of youth sports, like really driving some of these great athletes to just say like, by the time they're 22 or 25, in this case, like, screw it. I, I've got 25 million in the bank. Yeah. I'm walking away. Like I, I've got a lot of other things I'm interested in. I don't need to mm-hmm. do this for the next you know, 20, 40 years like athletes in the past where they, they needed the money and, you know, maybe they just didn't know how to do something else. Like, I think that's something that maybe is good about society these days is like, we're encouraging people to maybe explore other things other than just their sport in this case. But mm-hmm. I just wonder what you think about that in general, just um, maybe some non-traditional routes that you, you'd start to see these things more often, like, a you know, Simone Biles pulling out maybe completely of the Olympics in the future, um, you know, or something like that. Like I, I just wouldn't, it would be shocking, but I don't know that I'd be so surprised given right. some of the tea leaves that have already happened, you know? My thoughts are really in hearing you talk about this is like, it depends on the sport too, you know, like True. with tennis and with gymnastics, at least with American women's gymnastics and the way it's been commercialized and everything, there's really a windfall of money for these for these younger folks like Ash Barty and Simone Biles, if they do make it to the top, top of their sport. Whereas, yeah, I mean, I, I listened to uh, the podcast that Abby Wambach does with her wife and, you know, she's, she just talked about recently, like, yeah, Abby Wambach best, you know, one of the best women soccer players ever. 
she her retirement looks very different than Tom Brady's retirement. Of right. course, one of the best. Uh, and you know, they're both. Well, Tom Brady's now coming out of retirement, but like with something like soccer, um, yeah. I don't think, you know, Abby Wambach could have retired uh, earlier and, you know, felt comfortable at least like financially in that way. But sure. it's interesting to see with, you know, like, I think you and I talked about like Trinity Rodman, you know, she just signed like a, uh, a big contract for, for NWSL and seeing those uh, multi-million dollar um, numbers coming in more and more for, for the younger players. Yeah. Maybe it'll spread beyond the, I don't know what you'd call those sports like gymnastics and tennis. I, I don't necessarily think they fit under one neat umbrella, but yeah, certainly like earnings wise, um, they seem to be uh, kind of in a, in a category of their own potentially. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good point though, that it's gotta be a sport where you're making that money early on, right? You know, whether you're an, an uh, amateur or even um, at the professional level, but yes, yeah, you were talking about with Brittany Griner, like, there's a reason that she was in Russia in the first place, even though she's one of the best basketball players, men's, women's, whatever, uh, in the world. And, you know, she's got to, she's got to make money while she's, she's got the the talent yeah. to do it. Right. <laughs> totally. Totally. And it's, yeah, there's a wild, uh, ESPN 30 for 30 podcasts on like what goes down or what, what has gone down in women's basketball in Russia and like the oligarchs and, the spies and I don't know the Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi talked about like they're just like wild time in Russia and yeah making six figures and stuff so um maybe there's some lessons we can take from whatever they're doing over there um but yeah a lot lots of different things going on what else haven't we touched on well okay I got a question and then I'll let I'll let if Ethan has or, or Matt have anything um is there a, a women's soccer team in the dc area yeah washington spirit so he wants to jump on that season ticket member train with me <laughs> we'll start him out with single game tickets we'll try to find a good rivalry game for him to go to yeah and then i'll, I'll well, show was, <laughs> the reason i was asking is um i would love to there's a team in raleigh right uh a team uh, a, a women's team in raleigh yeah, or yeah. MC Courage. Yeah, I think they're in Raleigh. They play in Cary. Yeah, yeah. Close? Okay, right, okay. right outside of Raleigh. Whenever I'll take a look at the schedule, we got to get all together because that's going to be much easier that. for me to get to Raleigh than it would be to um to get up to DC. But we all got to get together, go to a I game, like just just have some fun together and everything. Does that mean Ethan and I road trip down there together? <laughs> Well, you know, Matt could come down from, so what, what Matt and I did last time we went down to Charlotte is Matt came down from Philly area to me and then we carpooled together. So Matt could come to us, then we all hop in the car and then, and then we all go, we could, we could do that. A little and Rudy, Rudy's a ro- road warrior. He, he will be a hundred percent down. A journey. Yeah. Well, is Stella going to come? Uh, yeah. If, if it's Raleigh for sure. Cause then we can just <laughs> stay, we can stay at my parents and um and and that that'll work um <laughs> let's see what's gotta, uh, gotta carry... I'm, I'm looking up the the schedule right now ethan okay. you can <laughs> you can ask any questions uh, to, yeah. i don't i don't know that i have anything specific so wait but what is this right now there's a raleigh soccer team is that what we're talking about no there's yeah. a washington well you should be going to washington spirit games that i caught yep they and then... play they play at audi field which is either in but in dc obviously that's where dc united plays they also play out not that you'd want to trek out there but in <laughs> leesburg um, actually i love leesburg have you been there yet it's an adorable little town well it's a little bit farther than ashburn right well ashburn's where the football headquarters are for washington so i feel like i've been close to leesburg gotcha yeah yeah it's like i think it's a little under an hour from me maybe in arlington or maybe about an hour but really cute little town if you ever if you're ever out there um but i was just in arlington actually watching my the first time i'd been to a hockey game and it was a woman's hockey game um and this is something colin i've talked about before it's like women's sports fan fandom is so i think unique because we just like support each other like at this women's hockey game there was like people that I'd met at like U.S. women's soccer games before and so there's Mm -hmm. just this kind of like 
overlap and even though like I didn't know anything about the sport like I'm still going because I know exactly what that community and what that what those people in the bleachers are going to be like which I think is actually is pretty rare but yes in Arlington after we went to the hockey game we went to one of those places where you like crack the crab oh like, yeah uh-huh. one of those uh, <laughs> cool cool DMV spots yep like, yep awesome was a, was a total rookie did not know how to get all the meat out but maybe you know the first the first time hopefully it can only go up from here yeah oh yeah for sure for sure (laughs) so wait so what's happening in raleigh though i missed that they have a they have a soccer team in Cary, right outside of raleigh oh that's what it was okay so i I said when the dc team comes down comes down there then we do that and matt's gonna take his car drive to you that yeah but, 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 but. i'm the one who suggested that <laughs> i suggested that part i remember that part i just didn't catch what exactly was happening in raleigh just putting it all together for you yeah I just had uh, to thank you it. yes very so when's helpful the date, colin i don't know i can't figure it out i'm i'm technology t- challenged they, he, these guys he's a, he's a he's a ti technologically <laughs> inept so he's got he's got boomer he's got boomer energy yeah, yeah, you guys, you guys are lucky. You guys are lucky. The podcast gets up every week, so yeah. Honestly, yeah, that's right. You're the one who runs all of that. So, all right. So you're maybe not as inept as I thought. That's pretty good. Well, I can I can figure out what I need to, but like, I don't know. My, on my phone, I just couldn't pull up like the schedule. I couldn't I couldn't read it and and everything. It was too much pressure. It might just not be mobile friendly either. You know, not every not every certain things aren't mobile friendly, especially like big true. calendars. Yeah, true, true. I, I was just it. feeling the pressure, but. <laughs> I, I wrote down a note if if nobody can find it here that I, I will find it and I think we should definitely do this. Yeah, I'm already fun. so excited. Yeah. yeah. So I'm down. Excited. See, I told you Matt would be in. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, guys, there's a great brewery down there we can go to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there is, right? There's gotta be a good brewery in Raleigh, we can, right? We can stop in Richmond on our way to Raleigh and go to Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All sure right, we can rope Hannah in. July July twenty ninth tentatively mark your calendars oh my god do you know what day that is uh is that stella's birthday i do yeah say that's stella's birthday it's stella's birthday yep no really (laughs) what day of the week is it on oh my god that's hilarious it's a friday Friday. yeah it's a friday okay it's not out of the question when's her bedtime because it's at 7 30 um well it's her birthday she can stay up late she's yeah, gonna party that night yeah it, it'll it'll change uh between now and then um it'll get Wait, it'll get turning, a little bit later is she turning three two two oh my god so cute yeah 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 so okay cool all right well we at least have the date so we can start talking about it Everyone is so excited who's listening to this podcast. They want to know, are we getting together? Are we going? That's right. Is this soccer game going to happen in four months? Are they going to go? <laughs> we need to find out next week. We could we could just drop like little <laughs> nuggets every podcast now. episode. Yeah. Soccer sucks. No, I can't even think of it. The suspense no, is killing them. Yeah. That's going to bring people back every week is, yeah, the details of, of <laughs> yeah. this hangout. Yep, exactly. Uh, so good. So good. Well, guys, I don't know what else I can enlighten you with. Not that I ever am enlightening when I come on here, but I don't have much to contribute by way of beer or baseball. Well, baseball's back, so we're just happy. I know. I'm so happy that you guys are happy. You were definitely the first people I thought about when I saw that baseball was back. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe Ethan Ethan and I will go to a Nationals game, too. Yeah, that would be amazing. I definitely, I didn't get a chance to go yet since I moved here because COVID hit too soon. So um, it's definitely on the list. Amazing. Yeah, so that'd be really fun. All right, well, I'll leave you guys to your banter. It is, as always, it is a pleasure. And I look forward to hopefully, cross my fingers, getting another invite in the near future. And if not, (laughs) seeing you guys in uh, North Carolina in four months. (laughs) <laughs> you're, you're always invited you've got the link just just pop in if you want anytime you, know, you, you want zoom bomb, us too. <laughs> zoom bomb yeah that'll be fun all right guys have a good rest of the pod i will thanks talk hannah to thanks bye. hannah bye all right i tell so her I, know- I tell her that all the time too I'm like just literally just click on the link i don't care you don't have to tell me just hop just in. come on yeah right yeah <laughs> well so so speaking of the link and speaking of the invite i, I finally got a guest of the show tonight Hey. Wait, 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 wait. Before you get any any further, 
Um, yes, you finally got the soundboard back. <laughs> there he is. Look at this guy. So, so we're gonna have to delay our baseball talk for a bit because I've got my oldest friend from college. Uh, I don't know if you want to, we want to call him a masochist for being a, a Cleveland sports fan or not. Uh, I was trying to think all day of a good analogy to come up with. And the best I could do was Cedar Point is an hour down the road from Cleveland and it's full of roller coasters and there's no better way to describe life as a Cleveland sports fan than roller coaster of highs and lows. Um, and more often than not, usually like there's one roller coaster that sometimes doesn't even make it over the top and it goes backwards and sets up. And I think that's probably my best way to describe Cleveland sports because you just got to live there. You got to, you got to know someone who just loves Cleveland sports, just to see them get all excited and then have their hopes and dreams dashed one way or the other. So uh, that being said, that's my terrible crummy uh, introduction for Matt C. Miller, Cleveland sports aficionado. Um, the guy responsible for getting me into premier league soccer, uh, the guy who's educated me on numerous things in terms of what it means to be a Cleveland sports fan and why to this day, I still, uh, immediately in my mind, think Ratbird when someone says the word Baltimore Ravens. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so Matt, um, I wanted to bring you on. Uh, I told the guys we really needed to, to go through this Deshaun Watson stuff. Oh, yeah. Wow. Ooh, right. Nice and light to start everything out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wait, I mean, so you you did this to him? No, you're, I'm assuming, Matt, you're a Browns fan then? Yeah, yeah. So. <sighs> Uh, just to just to finish Root's analogy, the, the Cedar Point one's good. That's great. Uh, I would say it's closer to you walk up to a door and on the door is a sign that says free ice cream. And you think, awesome. So you open the door and instead there's just a kid with a baseball bat and he hits you right in the face. <laughs> so you close the door, uh, but then you're stupid enough to go, oh, free ice cream. And you just keep doing this every single time. <laughs> Uh, that's that's Cleveland sports. We think, oh, the Browns, we got Baker and OBJ. We're going to do great this year. And then we Browns it. And <laughs> now we're just continuing the same cycle. Um, so Brilliant. while people are, some people are pumped that we have Deshaun Watson. I mean, he's going to like, I don't know, tear every ligament in both of his knees uh, and be useless. And whatever other free agent signings we get, they'll probably do the same thing. It'll be like one horrible collision on the 50 yard line um, where they just all lose a leg. Um, and then there won't be a team left. So that's, that's usually how it goes. But, but, but the reaction I've got from a lot of people in Cleveland this year has been, if that happened, they wouldn't be too upset, which is kind of a, kind of a change. Cause normally there's this like budding, like suspense building, everyone gets so excited about the draft. I mean, that's why they held the draft in Cleveland a couple of years ago because everyone's like, Cleveland gets so amped up for like the tiniest of little tidbits of news or like the tiniest little bits of development on the team. Like the guys will analyze it five times over and get excited about it. And um, now, though, like I, I just the number of people who, and I don't know if this is true or not, but said that they're going to walk away from, from football for a couple of years has been pretty high. And, I feel like there's more more teeth behind it this time. So, um, I guess, what's your personal thoughts on on Watson? And if you if, if that's two pointed, you, you can you can just speak nebulously. But I wanted <laughs> your hot take on that really quickly. Yeah. So I mean, um, the hot take of it is, I think what he's been accused of uh, makes him a monster, and I I believe. I believe the 22 women that have all said right. uh, he's 22. a monster and that's, that's all there is to it. And so, yeah, he's not going to be criminally charged with anything. And he's been for some reason rewarded with a gigantic guaranteed contract. The biggest in history, isn't it? 30 million? 230. Yeah, it's, it's I don't believe it. They've ever had a fully guaranteed contract in the NFL. Yeah especially not of this size yeah with and, with that one million dollar exactly yeah, for the first year season when, the they, when they're pretty sure he's gonna get suspended to yeah. make sure that he gets all of his money no matter what yeah, yeah. fucking insane. Uh, for them for them to do all of that to reward him for this uh the idea that 
he somehow earned it is preposterous. Uh, also, along with that, this is a guy who could have, and I want to make sure that I phrase this correctly, he could have kind of made this all go away very early. There were a couple of lawsuits that were going to happen that he could have settled with them to make it very quiet. If he does that, chances are a lot of accusers don't feel the need to come forward or don't feel safe to come forward. This just never blooms into this. He doesn't do that, most likely because he doesn't think he's done anything wrong, uh, which is scary enough to think about, that he Mm -hmm. thinks he can just do this and all of this is fine. Now he's been rewarded for that. Why the Browns think that now he's some changed man and that this isn't going to be the case moving forward. He's not going to continue to do this or even worse, escalate. That part I don't understand. Uh, unless for some reason they think that there are 22 women who have gotten together to make some kind of conspiracy against Deshaun Watson so that they can destroy their own names and lives and careers uh, for no reason whatsoever, maybe to get a few hundred thousand dollars, which in the grand scheme of things wouldn't do anything for them anyway. So either that's the largest conspiracy ever against an NFL player or a celebrity that we've ever seen in our entire lives, which is highly unlikely, or they're all telling the truth. He's a horrible person. He hasn't learned anything from this. And now we've given him a lot more money and told him you're not going anywhere for five years. Yeah. Uh, How they think that's going to work out for them. I'm not entirely sure. They clearly think, well, if he just wins some football games that everyone will come back and be fine. And a lot of people will, Uh, there's plenty of fans that are going to be absolutely fine with that. And there's going to be some fans that can't stand this, but are addicted to the Browns and can't get away from them. I'm personally scared that I'm going to be one of those people. I don't want to have to root for the Browns. I don't want to have to root for that guy. But on that first Sunday after Labor Day at one o'clock, it's going to be really tough to not watch this team. I've spent basically my entire life rooting for. Yeah. And that really sucks. It really sucks that they did that to me because they didn't have to. They could have just stuck with Baker Mayfield, who they did dirty anyway. Or they could have done something else, literally anything else. They could have just cut Baker Mayfield and head Case Keenum play a year and been terrible and tried to draft a new quarterback. It's not like we haven't seen them do that before. They do that every year. That's that's just the cycle of Cleveland football. But instead, they decided to sell their souls. And I hate it. I can't stand any of it. Yeah, the, the, the contract structure... Um, it's unfortunate because to me that, that, that makes the Browns complicit and all. And it just like, and, and part of me actually thinks that they're not going to let Baker go anywhere on this last year of the deal because they know Deshaun's going to be suspended. So they're going to, they're going to hang on to Baker and do him dirty for another year. And I, I kind of hope that he plays his fucking lights out, excuse my French and makes him look like idiots because <laughs> you know, I mean, you can dissect up and down his last couple of years in Cleveland. Um, but I'd say since I've lived in Cleveland, he's probably the best quarterback the Browns have had. Oh, for sure. And he liked the city and he was part of the city. You know, he wasn't Johnny football. I'm going to go to Vegas every weekend. You know, I mean, I, I guess there were, there was other, other, I mean, the, the list of Cleveland quarterbacks in the past 10 years is huge. And there's many of a, other, other guys who have loved the city too, whether you want to go with, uh, oh, that guy from um, the Hoyer, if you want to go with Hoyer, if you want to yeah. go with Campbell, if you want to go with Seneca Wallace, I don't know. I'm trying to think of all the names that have played for Cleveland in the past 10 years. Charlie but. Fry was always my favorite name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's just, it's a shame. And, like you said, whether or not he's the answer at the quarterback, I don't know. I don't think he is, but it just to see their kind of series of actions there is, is pretty damn disappointing. And and the other thing I want to bring up that I read the headline, but I didn't realize the meat of it until you mentioned it earlier today. So Cleveland, the Browns claim they did their research. And Matt, what did that research not involve? Uh, I didn't involve speaking to any of the women uh, that are accusing him or the, their lawyer. 
they didn't do any research whatsoever into what actually happened. They spoke to, my guess is they spoke to him to try and convince him to come to Cleveland, uh, his agent in order to make the deal, and probably to Roger Goodell to find out what the suspension's actually going to be. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's because they no one's yeah. going to make that deal if Roger Goodell says, well, we're going to throw him out of the league. Right. And they're not going to make that deal if they don't know what's going to happen. So chances are they have a pretty good idea as to what's going to happen, that it's probably going to be somewhere in the span of either the full 17 games or some, you know, eight, 10 games, whatever it is. Uh, Cause they can look back to like the Ben Roethlisberger thing uh, and use that as kind of an example. I believe he got six games, but it got cut down to four. Yeah. He appealed so, down to four. They'll, they'll probably hit him with something large, maybe do the whole season and it'll actually be 10 or 12 games. Uh, at which point that, I mean, the season for them is lost anyway. So may as well just spend them for the whole year. What does it matter? Uh, but it's, that's what the, that's what the, uh, we did our due diligence looks like is how is this going to affect us? How can we put ourselves in the best spot possible and don't give me any bad news. I don't want to hear it. So that, I, I guess my, my, my thoughts for a lot of Cleveland fans has been like, well, go, go guardians, maybe, <laughs> um, you know, or, or, you know, Hey, the Cavs are going to make the playoffs, right? Like, yay. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, we'll, just... we'll make the playoffs. And I, I think as of right now, uh, we should get bounced pretty quickly by the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, damn. That's here's your reward for a great season. Giannis. <laughs> oh, Giannis. <sweet>. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Well, are you, are you, uh, are you optimistic at all for the baseball season or you think it's going to be another, I mean, uh, T- Tito's had like a winning season every full season he's been there. So he's worked yeah. some magic. Yeah. Uh, usually he has a right and left fielder that he can put in the lineup. Um, currently that looks like it's going to be Oscar Mercado and Bradley Zimmer. Um, you, you guys might not know who they are. Uh, people in Cleveland don't know who they are. Mm. Uh, Bradley Zimmers is just a very tall man who runs relatively quickly because he's so tall. Uh, he, he can't hit the ball further than about 200 feet. Uh, Oscar Mercado is just a smaller version of that, mm. um, which isn't helpful either. Uh, if, if you don't have like nine guys in your lineup, if you really <laughs> only have seven, it's not usually a great, uh, recipe for success. Uh, so I, no, I, I don't think that's going to work out for them. The, the Cleveland playbook, I think, is going to happen. I think it's going to be you guys are going to have a middling first half of the year. You're going to get up into contention in you know mid-August, and then you're going to trade Shane Bieber and uh, like poof. Oh well, we would, are going to run away with that division. They would have to get a really, really good package to trade away Shane Bieber in, I believe it's his first year of arbitration this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't I don't envision that happening that quickly. Okay, he's going to win the Zion first. If they do, then yeah, Ramirez is, is gone. Uh, it's it, There's going to be, I would imagine, a fire sale of sorts because they've got a, like a decent building block to a team that a lot of GMs would actually turn into like a decent team. Uh, but the Dolans just don't want to spend any money on these guys. And so the decent building block of the team is going to stay just that. And that's, we'll just be watching baseball in October from home. Well, and that's the shame is, is Ethan and Colin, we went on a, a billionaire baseball owner rant a couple of weeks ago and uh, the Dolans had the money. I didn't realize yeah. that. Oh yeah, they're one of the richest families in the whole league. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to know what the uh, the discrepancies are in okay. payrolls? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Do it. Do it. Top three payrolls in baseball as of yesterday: the Dodgers, two hundred seventy million, um, one hundred fifty-eight thousand. Uh, the Mets, two hundred forty-nine million ninety-nine thousand. Yankees, two hundred thirty-five million nine hundred forty thousand. That's the top three. The bottom three, starting with your guardians, thirty-five point six million. Unbelievable. The Pirates, thirty-five point two million, and the Orioles at dead last, thirty point three million. 
Yeah, so for the, for the price of one year of Garrett Cole, you can get yourself the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah. I mean, isn't Francisco Lindor going to make $30 million this year? I'm sure. Like, yeah. The guy we traded is going to make our payroll yeah. in a year and be better than our entire team combined. <laughs> Just horrendous. Like, that's, I mean, it's incredible. And then, again, that's a guy who he spent his last three years in Cleveland saying, I want to stay. I like it yeah. here. Um, yeah. You know, you've got... You've got Tito, who's such a part of the of the fabric. He, he he rides his Vespa around downtown and hangs out with people. Like you know, you, you've got people who love the city and, and love the fans, and yet like it's like, all right, see so ya. You're you're a trade chip, or you know, thanks for three good years of arbitration. Goodbye. And they want to complain that it's the attendance, but that's that's disingenuous. The the ticket prices are too high for a Cleveland income to begin with. So you're not going to get a large portion of Cleveland to be able to go to these games anyway. But also they consistently have one of the best viewerships on TV across the country of any of the teams. The fans exist and they're giving them the money the way they actually want to because those TV deals always just get bigger and that's where they get their money from. They're not getting their money on a Tuesday night when you know, whoever comes to town because they're going to play the, you know, Detroit Tigers, whatever. That There's no money there. The money comes from the hundreds of millions of dollars they get from their TV revenue. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to say that. They just want to be able to say, oh, well, you know, we can only ever get 15,000 people to come to our games, and so we can't spend any of this money. And none of that's accurate. Well, and you remember, uh, was it like five or six years ago when they did the first renovation? And they made the city, the city's neighborhoods food area where like each area was a different neighborhood of the city, which is cool. And then they made this giant bar in right field. And for $15, you could get a craft beer and admission to the game for a standing room only bar area. And that thing was packed every damn night. So like Matt said, they had, they had the, like, they figured it out. We could get people here. Just let's make them incentivized to come. But I mean... I think if you're buying a beer in that area in general, it's like $14. So basically admission is like a buck. Um, right. But still, like it was disappointing. It was disappointing to see it worked for them and they still didn't continue with it. What, what do you got, Ethan? I'm just curious, you know, talking about this attendance thing and how the Dolans are using this as an excuse. Uh, uh, we'd have to look it up. I'm just curious what the numbers are. And I'm curious if guest Matt knows being a lifelong Cleveland fan. Um, imagine the mid and late 90s, Indians at the time, Manny, Tomei, Vizquel, Lofton, those teams that were amazing. The last team to score a thousand runs in a season was attendance that big of an issue back then. Like I find that hard to believe they probably had no problem drawing fans. Like if you put a good product on the field, you'll get people. I mean, the pricing thing I'm sure can be an issue, right? But like, if you put a really good product on, like people are going to fucking show up. Well, well, yeah, Ethan, well, Matt, do you want to give the fact, or do you want me to? Uh, what is it? Four hundred and fifty-five, I believe, is the number they have retired uh, up in the uh, not rafters because it's baseball. Uh, Four hundred and fifty-five straight games they sold out at home. Yeah. I feel like Matt so, may have told me that something. Matt Rue yeah. may have told yeah. me that at one point. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Okay. Yeah. That's, and that's no, kind no, of what no. I figured. And part, part of that, that's part of that's just baseball, right? Like those teams. You've got Manny. You've got Tommy. You've got Albert Bell. Guys, just beating the crap out of the baseball and it's fun it's just fun to get to watch that and you'll get that at times with baseball but like do you really get that around the league anymore no or i mean you didn't really get it before then you got it a little bit with the 90s just through the steroids because yeah. that was just fun to watch <laughs> and then they got rid of that you know for the health of the players as they claim and that now, when you could get some fun back, when you've got a guy like Fernando Tatis, right? He's a lot of fun to get to watch. He plays a lot of passion, a lot of energy. He's really, really good. And when he throws the bat in the air, because he just hit a crazy home run in the ninth inning, the next game, he gets beamed. And it's like, what do you, what do you guys want to happen here? Do you want the game to be fun and for the fans to be excited and for them to want to come back tomorrow? Or do we want to say, no, 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 no fun here. Can't have any fun at all. If you show too much emotion, 
we're going to get really angry at you guys. And now Fernando Tatis has to be like, well, if I do something really good at a really important time, I should like take a bow, I guess, maybe (laughs) apologize to the pitcher. I like, I, I don't understand how that works and how you're also then going to complain that no one wants to come to the games. I want, I want more Korean baseball style bat flips for just like grounders up the middle, you know, (laughs) even just the world baseball classic when you saw a a various amount of teams from Central America and they would show the fans in the stands and it was a party. It was a fun time. They wanted all to be there. And when it was the U.S., it was just so sad looking. They would, yeah, exactly. They would show the, the fans and it was just, oh yeah, I guess we're here watching a baseball game. Hopefully we win. Good, good job team. And it's like, well, that's, who wants to go to that? People yeah. want to go to like an NBA game because they have fire shooting off everywhere. They're constantly <laughs> throwing things into the stands and it just feels like a fun atmosphere. But when you go to a baseball game, it kind of feels like a funeral for the game. Yeah. And now they're shocked. That the game is dying. Like it just doesn't make much sense. Yeah. And you're talking, you're Matt, guess Matt, you're talking about two different things. You're talking about on-field action and you're talking about like pumped in noise from the PA system and like how you could just like get the crowd more involved. And Aaron Hicks, the Yankees often injured center fielder was on R2C2 last week and he played in the DR this past winter. And he was talking about how it, during his entire at bat, they played his walk-up song. Like they, they turned it off like when the pitch was coming, but as soon as the pitch was by and in the catcher's mitt, the song came back on. And he was like, the crowd just was like loving it. I forget what the, the song was or whatever, but he was like, I want to do this at Yankee stadium, <laughs> you know, and, and everything. Yeah. And, and like, of course that's never going to happen. Like, it, like you said, it's got to be dead silent. And um, you know, some places like at Wrigley, I'm sure they're still playing the organ and, and whatnot, but like in, in basketball, they play music every, you know, Steph Curry's walking up the court, getting ready to hit a half court three and they're playing some pump up music. It doesn't bother him. Like he can still make the shot. Like it's, it's just, it's crazy to me. Yeah. When baseball is closer to golf than it is to anything else, yeah. then you've got a problem. Yeah, really. Yeah, especially since I mean, you've got 162 games in the regular season. Like the postseason is fine. Everybody likes to watch postseason baseball. There's a lot at stake. It yeah. often feels extremely tense every single pitch. But on a Wednesday night in July, when it's the Guardians versus the Tigers, it's not that tense. There's not a lot riding on this. It's one game of 162. If you make that feel like a party, like it's fun, if you're playing music constantly, if it feels like you're part of something rather than in this weird empty cathedral, then it would be more fun and you could have more people want to go and you wouldn't have the problem of I'd go, but my eight-year-old is bored. Yeah. We go see these games. They want to leave in the middle of the second inning because this is boring. Yeah. Just just stop making it boring. You can't make (laughs) the game not boring. Baseball is kind of boring, like as a, you know, an event. But if you put a bunch of stuff around it that made it not feel boring, then the other stuff starts to feel more fun too. And it's, it's because they have a bunch of old people that don't understand any of that running this stuff. Or don't they, care. Like, that's, yeah, it, that's just the easiest way to fix it is yeah. try and have more fun every once in a while. Yeah. And, and Matt, there's actually a blueprint out there. It's something I'd like to do. Uh, have you ever, we've, we've talked about this, but have you ever heard of the Savannah Bananas? Yes. Yes. Like that is, you're, it's, it's like less than minor league baseball in Savannah, Georgia. And there you can't get a ticket like, because it's fun and everyone enjoys being there and they do goofy stuff and they have giveaways and it's a party atmosphere. Like I want to go, I want to go to Savannah to see an independent league baseball game. Like what the hell? And I don't even like, I think I could probably convince these guys to go to Savannah with me before I could convince them to go to like Tampa Bay with Tropicana. Me. Yeah. I, was yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I really want to go to the yep. Trop to see game and they always make fun of me for it. So yeah. If you, Matt, if you pay for everything, I'm in. <laughs> Same. Yeah. I'll give you okay. some beer. How about that? Uh, beer plus a hotel room and a flight. Yeah, right? I think they're going to stick fine. to the everything. Oh, <laughs> You're going to convince somebody to go to Tampa to see the Rays at Tropicana 
I don't know that you're going to get them to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, the that Tampa's known for? Scientologists. So. Oh, I didn't know that. That's hilarious. But oh, that, yeah. but but that's like not to not to go off on a, on another tangent here or anything. But like, that's also a problem. Like like we're joking about this, but that's a huge problem. The fact that like. Colin and I are both kind of serious and guest Matt is kind of serious when he says that like we're being serious like that we would not go we are diehard fucking baseball fans bigger baseball fans than 99.9% of the population and we don't want to go we would not you would have to pay for us like you anybody whatever to go and see a major league team that's actually really good a team that has been consistently really really good for years on a tiny payroll right beyond beyond all reasoning and we don't want to go. We wouldn't want to go. Like that's a huge problem, right? Like, like I, I don't know if that. I don't know if there's a if there's an analogous example, like in the NFL or the NBA. Is there like some really really shit team, shit city, shit fandom where where like a huge fan would say, no, I don't want to do that. Like we should want to go as diehard baseball fans. We should be like jumping out of our seats and be like, yeah, I want to go to every fucking park, every every team. But like Tampa, because the trop is famously bad and the fandom is is like famously not there, like. I'm like, do I really want to spend my money to do that's a problem. That's like not good. And that speaks to what guest Matt was talking about with with what Major League Baseball is is you know, some of the things that they're some of the some of the many things that they're fucking up, you know, and it and it bums me out. Well, I don't want to keep Matt too long because he is an older man and it is uh his bedtime. <laughs> but I am enjoying this. So so we're definitely gonna have to have Matt back. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Other thing, Matt, we'll have to get you, you, you get a mug now. You get a complimentary two oh, jocks mug? And a mug. Yeah. Ooh. So uh, every guest gets one that'll be coming your way. Um, but I wanted to end with a story since Colin loves A-Rod so much. Oh, uh, the first time I ever spent the night at Matt Matt's house. and, and, and oh. So we're, we're, it's the Yankees playing the Indians that night on TV. Uh, no, it was the Twins because it was playoff baseball. Okay, okay. And uh, Matt's was it 2009. Mark, uh, it might have been. It might have been that summer. Either, he, either yeah, early or the, 09. Yeah. So anyway, we're 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 in Matt's uh, Matt's basement with his dad, Mark, uh, probably drinking a line of Google Shandy. You know, relaxing, mm-hmm. watching the game. <laughs> and A Rod comes up. And I think at this point we were in the other room or around the corner. But all you just all you hear is hit him in the ear hole. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like. I think Matt sticks his head out around and it's like, like looking and laughing. Like, you know, Matt's an Yankees fan. And like Mark looks at me and then looks back. Hit him in the air hole. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was a good time. It was, it was uh, lots of fun. It was, that's, that's how I got to see, I got a glimpse into what nine Yankees fans think of of the Yankees. uh, (laughs) It's always fun. Especially A-Rod. It's not just Boston that hates you guys. Yeah. It's everybody. <laughs> everybody hates the goddamn Yankees. <laughs> so true. So true. When we had a friend of the pod, Joe Poznanski on, he saw when Matt was in his, his uh, normal room, he has his Yankee thing in the back and he's like, you guys have to live with that burden. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's like, or like that can't be helped or I get, we, we have to endure that something. It was very funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So yeah, Matt, you're the you're now the second most famous person who's a Cleveland sports fan we've had on the show. I will take that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. but hey, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, we're definitely going to get you back on for more Cleveland commentary in the future. Yeah, Sounds good. Thanks, thanks, guys. Matt. Thanks very much. <laughs> thanks, Matt. <laughs> uh, that was good. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, great, uh, great job, uh, host Matt, getting guest Matt. He was awesome. That was yeah. So, excellent. so the reason I like Matt the best is because. He can riff off Ethan type rants. Yeah. But like with just absurdities and like Ethan has anger there. Matt Seymour <laughs> just has absurdities there that by the end of it, either he or the audience is just laughing and crying. Uh, <laughs> my my favorite one, and I wish I could remember the context of it, but Matt was probably ranting for a good five minutes, and the, the rant just ends with Matt screaming, and you can write it on my tombstone. Quote, goddamn the perfect brownie. And like, I can't tell you how he got there, 
but I can tell you, we probably spent a good five minutes laughing and crying after that. So, um, <laughs> that's we'll, great. We'll ta- uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where to go. go yeah. With that, so, yeah. And his, his, um, everything he had to say on Deshaun Watson, I thought was really, really fascinating to hear. And we don't have, I know we, we got to wrap it up here in these next couple of minutes. So let's not, we, I don't know that we should dig into that more. It might be interesting to dig into it more because I'd be curious to hear what you guys got to say. So maybe we do that next week, but that was really, um, really cool. Really interesting um, to hear what he had to say on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that was, that was really good. Yeah. yeah he, he distracted me because there was definitely other baseball news. We'll have to talk. Well, next there's a week ton. About yeah. Tons of baseball news. And uh, do you guys see that? I wanted to dig into the USFL um, proposed rule changes that they were talking about for spring football coming up. So a lot of really interesting stuff, but I, I felt like, I finally got uh, got Matt to come on, and um, I think he is the epitome of the Cleveland sports fan. And I thought it was good to have him come, you know, comment on that whole thing. Love yeah, it. yeah, no, that that was good. We'll uh, we'll go back to the three very best friends next week, and we'll dive into everything. Actually, I have a really good idea though for a way to end this. So, Ethan, before you had hopped on, I was telling Matt we got some recent feedback from a fan. Um, actually, okay, two things. These will be really quick first there's a question that came through the mailbag today uh this comes from brother dan what's going to be greater number of combined home runs from judge and stan or the number of games played this season by hicks oh hilarious (laughs) (laughs) oh wow you know what that's okay brother dan props that's an amazing question and that is like right in the sweet spot where it's like really, really hard to say confidently. Yeah. That's really excellent. Um, so for I'm, context, why they're thinking Aaron Hicks, Yankee center fielder, often injured, as I mentioned a little earlier ago, uh, probably has only played 120 games like once or twice in his career, 162 game season. So yeah. it's pretty rare. He only played about 20 games last year before he had season ending wrist surgery. Um, so he's coming back from that. And uh, Judge and Stanton had really good seasons last year, probably hit, what, combined 60, 70 homers between. Yeah, but Stanton is often injured. Judge has had his share. Yeah, yeah. But they both were healthy last year when Stanton or when Hicks wasn't. So if you pick the over for Judge and Stanton last year, you would have won. Yeah, I'm going to say homers. Makes me sad because I want Hicks to be healthy, but I'm going to say homers. I'm going to say games. I'm going to go with Hicks and games. All right. I hope that Matt is right. I hope Matt and Colin, I hope you guys are both right. Yeah, that's a really just, good question. Yeah. I just heard Hicksy on R2C2, and it just made me have more of an appreciation for him as a person. Like he's a really he he cares a lot. It seems like he is trying to play a little bit differently this year too. Like stop trying to he said stop trying to hit fucking home runs every single time up, um, <laughs> and and spray the ball like he used to in Minnesota, and and use his speed to his advantage and steal some bases and yeah. things like that. And as soon as he went down last year, I mean, I wasn't the first to say it, and I didn't come up with it, but the athleticism that went away from that team, not just his switch hitting, but because he has speed, because he has a great arm, because he does have power, he can hit for average. He's not a Willie Mays, but like he's one of the more athletic guys on the team and like, yeah. they really need him to stay healthy this year. So I think he probably did all he could in the off season to ensure that he can stay as healthy as possible. Yeah. yeah he rough. needs to be known as more than just, well, he walks a lot. Yeah. You know, right. He's exactly. gotta be, he's gotta be more than that. He, he walks could, a lot. He could have a Bernie Williams type season, like 98, like lead the league in hitting and you know, have 25, 30 homers. He, he said that he's like, I want to have 30 homers, hundred RBIs, have a high batting average, 30 stolen bases. And it's like, good for you dude like go for it go yeah for go it. for those that's yeah. the only way you can even approach it right is by trying to get after those yeah 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 all right so back to how how we'll wrap this up uh i was telling matt before you hopped on ethan we got some feedback from a fan and i'll share your feedback from from this fan in the next episode um but one of the uh things that they said that they really enjoyed was like learning a little bit more about us and like who we are and, and things that we like. And I mean, obviously they know baseball and beer and the things that we talk about on a pretty regular basis. I got this feedback the day after I just, I was playing with my iPod touch because Stella plays with it. And um, one of the random things that came up was the first iteration of an intro I put together for this podcast when we first started talking about it. And I looked at the date 
it was November of 2017. Holy that was shit. how long ago was the first time that we like legitimately talked about doing this. And we had like that practice session on Skype and we're like, all right, we're going to do it. And then life got in the way and you know, we, we didn't end up doing it for another, what, four years and, yeah. <laughs> and change. Um, but I wanted to give some context into how long this podcast had been brewing and I, I took the, um, the recording and I'm going to play it for everyone to end this podcast. So uh, if you guys have any shout outs, if you want to say goodbye, otherwise I'm going to run this. It's, it's about a minute long and then we'll, we'll hit end. <laughs> run it. All Sounds right. good. Yeah, run it. Send it. Christina, one on, two out. That just swung on and drilled. And he breaks it up. And it's hard. And it's far. And it's good. The Bam Tito with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. He drills a game time. Two run home runs. Rick starts inside, goes outside. Heinrich gets it. Heinrich puts up the shot. It's too long. And Syracuse is your national champion. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. Ryan looking. Our test. That's a three. Bang! Lakers by six with a minute to play. 